Welcome to episode number 24 of the Thrash Report. For Friday, November 27th, 2020, this is your weekly music commentary podcast where we discuss all things metal and heavy music. I'm Chris, and joining me, my co-host, Jim Osborne. Jim, how's it going, man? Lieutenant Dan, ice cream, death metal lyrics. <laughs> what's, going what's, good, man. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Are you, uh, are you fat and happy, man? I'm fat. <laughs> but jolly, maybe. But... <laughs> No, I'm good. It's uh, actually a Black Metal Friday. And speaking of that, we have a special guest joining us from the Twin Cities area, Mr. Rob Carlson. How you doing, Rob? Hi. Good. Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for coming. Yeah. So, uh, for those who may not know Rob, he has been around a long time in the Twin Cities metal scene. you got, I don't know how many bands you're currently in or have been in, but... Uh, Glutton for Punishment, Septicemic, Krog. Um, we're a thrash podcast mainly, and I know you've got Tempestuous, was a thrash project you did yep. that I happen to love. So, yep. yeah. And uh, Masked Up too. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I knew I'd forget yep. one or five. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple I'm forgetting somewhere to do that. I'm waiting for the phone call. When are you coming to practice? <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So one of the things that we like to kind of talk about too is, you know, your, uh, you know, basically how you actually got into metal, you know, was it a, was it a crazy uncle or a brother or how, how did, like, what was that first, that, you know, that first album that kind of, wow, blew your mind? Um, probably, probably my old man, really. Uh, he, he was listening to Aerosmith, ACDC, uh, Black Sabbath, 10 years after all that stuff. And, when I was a kid, we used to cruise around. He had a 67 GTX that he built up and worked on all the time in the garage. And we'd run around town and, and he'd be, you know, blasting ACDC out of that thing. And, and, uh, you know, so I started liking the heavy stuff right from there, you know, and then, uh, you find out about, uh, you know, shit as you go, but I was probably like, you know, I remember listening to that shit probably seven, eight with my old man and then okay. just growing up and getting more and more into it and whatnot. Very cool. And just, just grew. Yeah. Yeah. We talked yeah. about that. I think uh, ACDC was like my, my gateway band too. That was, oh, yeah. that was uh, my <laughs> uncle bought me the cassette uh, back in black when that first came out. And that was kind of uh, kind of changed my life, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's some killer riffs on that thing. All, all that shit from back in black going backwards, you know, it was all, it was all pretty heavy, pretty different, you know, the Bond Scott stuff and it yep. was still pretty good. And then, they, you know, they kept progressing and then, I think after the hit back in black, they kind of got a little stale, but everything up to them was, was pretty heavy and pretty aggressive. I thought anyway. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. And I'm guessing at some point you heard metallic gun things went a little heavy. <laughs> yeah. I got, uh, it's funny. I was listening to probably, um, Motley Crue and poison and I really liked them. And I got, I got a grateful dead tape, uh, ride the lightning and uh, look what the cat dragged in all at the same time. <laughs> And uh, I had never heard anything like Metallica before, but I remember putting it in and you hear that intro to fight fire with fire. I'm like, Oh, this is fucking weird. You know, acoustic guitar, but it's not happy. You know, it's still kind of right. like, okay. And then it just punches with that, that just that guitar riff. I'm like, Whoa, what the fuck is this? Never heard anything like it. Mm-hmm. And then it just, just went on from there. And then I started digging in and, and, you know, buying shit from what album covers looked like and, and, you know, reading in the magazines and, 
you know, metal edge and, and rip and all that shit that wait, was around back wait in the a minute, Rob. And, you wait know, a minute, Rob. I found out about stuff. I was going to say, wait What's a minute. That? I was going to say, wait a minute. What are these things called <laughs> magazines that you refer to? Right? <laughs> I yeah. know. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's how yeah, we got our news back then, research. man. Yeah, you couldn't just pop on YouTube and find shit. You know, you had to yep. you know, figure it out if it was underground, too. I mean, there's, you know, nothing's really underground anymore. I mean, bands can say they're underground because they have like, you know, a thousand followers or whatever, but they're not really underground. Everybody's accessible nowadays. Yep. It just wasn't back then. You know what I mean? Yeah, we've yeah. talked about that here before, too. How it's almost, I mean, I love it because you can go out and listen to anything you want, find new stuff, but there's yep. just so much that you can't really. Unless you find something really triggers you, then you can like take a deep dive into it. But I mean, just right. little samples of everything, and yeah, you get uh, um, you you can get lost in the the band camp spiral where you just keep finding more and more things. Yep, which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah, yeah. I do miss going to record stores and just looking through things and seeing covers, album covers, and. Immolation's oh, wow. Donna Possession. That's I had never heard of the band before, but I remember that's 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 how I got an Immolation. They had that album cover with the demons fucking eating <laughs> the angels and that big red orange background in the sky. I'm like, oh, this has got to be pretty cool. And you know, that's how I found about Immolation and uh, Morbid Angel. Bless started sick. Uh, that's you know, it's uh, you know, I bought that by album cover before hearing them. You know, so yeah, the record stores back in the day, man. That's how you went through shit. Or, word mouth hey check this band out and you see the album cover you're like this has got to be good yep and nine times out of ten it usually was yep or cool names or definitely miss the record stores yep where you pass the metal section go to the compilation section and find mm -hmm. one of those and just see the names on there like this sounds heavy then uh, yep the old pavement it. comps and shit yeah mm -hmm. yep yep so your current bands obviously these times no one's playing live uh, how are you handling that it, you know, I, I'm used to doing probably around 50 or so shows a year. We've done two. Wow. <laughs> that was at the beginning of the year. Yeah. In March, we did Chicago and Minneapolis with Septicemic. And uh, uh, we were actually supposed to play the Orpheus uh, CD release shows in Sioux Falls tonight and Omaha tomorrow. Hmm. And that had been booked for a few months, but uh, that just got canceled last week. So um, it sucks, man. It's, uh, you know, something I'm not used to, but, you know, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been an adjustment because probably since 2012 or so, since I started getting back into music after I quit, it's been pretty constant with writing, recording, and playing shows and playing out of town and shit like that. And mm -hmm. This year it's been really tough, but uh, you know, just drink more, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know we Are you uh, writing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, Glutton's writing right now. Um, we were actually. Uh, supposed to go in the studio last weekend and record a, a four-song EP, four originals and a cover, and uh, our drummer dislocated his knee. Oh, man. Uh, so we couldn't make that happen, and we are trying to get it done last weekend because he had uh, carpal tunnel surgery this weekend, so now we're going to have to push it <laughs> out to, like, March. Uh, Krog's writing. Um, we got some studio time booked in February to uh, record a few songs. Uh, Mastiff's kind of been on hiatus for a while. Um, we're not dead or anything, but we just really haven't been doing much, but... Uh, and then uh, Septicemic, uh, we were, like I said, we had a couple shows lined up that uh, were supposed to be this weekend and those fell through. So everything's fairly productive, except for probably maybe Mastiff, you know, uh, right now. So we're, we're chugging along. Yep. I feel bad for people in bands because I know how bad I feel not being able to go to see bands. Oh, so, I know. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, same thing here is, is we got 
we got a pretty healthy scene here in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's shows every weekend. And uh, that was a big part of my life. And a lot of other people that play down here is going out to the shows, even if you aren't playing them, you know, yep. and supporting the bands and hanging yeah. out. And, you know, yeah. and it, you know, it, 2020 sucks as a whole for everybody, but that, that's what sucks for me for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I used to live in, I've been in lacrosse for five years now, but I used to live in football. And I, you know, that's only 45 minutes from downtown Minneapolis. So I didn't yep. go to shows back then. Just, you know, kids were mm-hmm. small. But now that's like the only thing I liked about living there is just the proximity to the cities and all the shows. And now I got to, if there's none, there's a good shows around here in lacrosse. And, but I'll, uh, I go to Minneapolis a lot and see yeah. shows little further of a drive yeah but. i know uh i know back when uh, i mean if you go back in you know the the early 90s um you know basically when i graduated high school and, and started college i mean i was at first avenue every weekend <laughs> you know i mean whether it was right. testament or dri or or whatever man i mean it's like there was there was heavy stuff every week and it was uh yep it was fun man yep I love First Avenue. They used to do a ton of metal shit too. I've seen Carcass there and Napalm Death played the main stage there with DRI. Nice. Yeah, I love that place. But they haven't done shit for metal really for the last few years. But yeah, that was a place, especially because Earl and, and Decker had a little pull there too back in the day. So they'd be able to put on their metal fests and metal massacres and shit like that. And then the entry always had good fucking. The entry still does quite a few or did until 2020 death metal shows and shit like that. I think Defeated Sanity played there putridities played there you know so yeah i mean they i love that fucking place but yeah it'd be cool to go back to when they used to have the bigger shows on the main stage yeah yep what's the place across the street where we saw children of bodems at skyway theater is that what that's called <laughs> like the skyway yeah yep skyway's still there is that kind of a yep. i'd only heard of that um, probably two or three years ago like when we saw anthrax was my first time there has that been around a while yeah it's been around for oh god probably a decade or so at least i think there used to be a strip club upstairs studio b okay. and then uh the theater downstairs and then uh but yeah they've been doing shows there for for a while i think uh we played there in 2012 with behemoth and goat whore oh cool and uh, yeah that's uh so that yeah they've been around doing shows bobby used to book a lot of his shit there and then he moved it to caboose because he had a falling out with uh uh you know the people at skyway or whatever but uh they still do like I've seen uh, obituaries, Cannibal Corpse there in the last few years, and uh, Morbid Angel. So they still do a lot of the bigger death metal shows at that place. It's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah I, I saw took a break um, from shows for a while, but when I decided I was going to start going to shows again, the first one back was at Skyway. It was the Battle of the Bays tour. The okay. Very Exodus, Power Trip, Dust Bolt, and that was an awesome show. Nice. Yeah, I wasn't at that one. I did see Exodus there. I think they were there with uh, at who the hell they come with. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, cool. Great venue. One. Yep. What about uh, what's it? Lee's uh, mm-hmm. Liquor Lounge? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Lee's Liquor Lounge is a great place. Um, yeah. Done a ton of shows there. I mean, that place is popping. It was in a good location too in Minneapolis, right off 94. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Greg Chilton started booking shows there. And, uh, you know, he, over a couple of years, he got a pretty big draw, but then uh, they ended up closing down permanently. Um, before the whole COVID thing, they were just fighting with the city and 
something about a parking lot across the street and they yeah. the guy you know it was just kind of a side business for him he's a multi-millionaire owns like a tech company and shit like that and right. he just got sick of dealing with it and fight with the city and just shut it all down which really sucked i mean that that was kind of a big big hit to the scene Right. And then stuff started moving over to the Whiskey Junction, which is next to the Caboose, which is a decent venue. And then right after that, I think probably about eight, nine months worth of shows were booked and played there. And then March, um, you know, they shut down too at the whole um, COVID thing. And they weren't like a bar restaurant, so they were only open for like shows. So they've been shut down the whole time, you know. And so, yeah, that's it's that that's, sucks too. Yeah. yeah, I've never been to the whiskey, but I was at the Caboose. I've been there a couple of times, and I was supposed to see yeah. propane, I think, at the whiskey in March. Okay. Yep. Yep. And, that, and that got canceled. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I've yep. been to I've been to a couple uh, outside shows there, right, like the parking like between whiskey and Caboose. Yep. They put up big yep. stage between them out in the summer. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they do that for the summer slaughter stuff too. So they'll run one stage outside and then they got the indoor stage so it's pretty cool so you got like a five minute gap in between bands because each one's setting up and then one band gets done you run outside the other band's starting so that's pretty cool setup when they do that yeah Yeah, that's awesome i remember i think uh one one play the metallica tribute band that was really great yeah they play there quite often yep Yep. yeah really cool seems like a lot of the videos i watch of minneapolis bands are outdoor like they're this uh glutton for punishment has a video or two out there and uh yeah we played uh we played a, <laughs> a couple summer slaughters and uh um i think there's a couple of videos from the one that we did with uh uh i think it was suffocation camel corpse revocation nile and then uh yeah we played the outdoor stage for that one that was a fucking great great show good turnout so yeah that was that was a good time nice I'm getting sad over here. <laughs> I know right uh-huh. I'm getting sad over here tomorrow. i know i'm starting to tear up i miss shows man Mm-hmm. I just picture myself walking into any venue once we can and just stopping right when I get inside. Yeah. My arms just yell, live music. <laughs> yeah, where's all the where's all the people bitching at the scenes oversaturated? I'd like to talk to those people right now. <laughs> you know, yeah. Oh, there's too many bands, too many shows on a night. Fuck you. <laughs> there's yeah. no shows now, you happy. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you yeah. kind of wonder. I mean, we we've talked to a few other guests that, that have been on. I mean, do you feel as though that this is going to be forever change do you think things will ever be back to you know fifteen thousand people just t- piled on top of each other I, I think it's going to be a few years but i think so i mean i think I, I, if they get this vaccine going it's proven and people aren't idiots and people actually you know take it you know yep. even if there's people that are skeptical at first but wait a couple of years because they see it's working with other people whatever sure. i think there'll be a process to it i don't think it's going to be the next year or two but i think two three, four years, I, I think we'll get back there. I mean, they're already, you know, different parts of the country. They're already letting, you know, 10,000 people in Florida or Texas into, into football stadiums and stuff like that. So it, it's going to happen. Um, just hopefully these vaccines are right and there's no long-term effects and they do what they're saying they're supposed to be doing right now as they're going through these trials and shit and waiting for the FDA approval. So I really hope it gets there. I mean, yeah. People take flu shots, take a fucking COVID shot. You yep. know I mean, nobody wants to get this shit. I don't yeah. want to get it. Yeah. Fuck, I've been fortunate so far. Knock on wood, but, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I've known uh, people at my work have gotten it. Uh, our vice president of sales just sent it up in the ICU for a week. He just got out yesterday on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's a pretty serious thing. And, and uh, you know, hopefully 
hopefully the vaccine you know works and people come around and we can get back to normal life yeah i just i'm so looking forward to live shows man you know and i, I was telling jim earlier you know there there are there were so many times when you know bands would come through and there were sometimes like i didn't go see a band because you know i just didn't feel like it well now i regret that right like shit right. i'm gonna go to every goddamn show I, <laughs> that i can after yeah. this thing is over yeah. so yeah i was thinking the other day i should have been saving my money like 10 or 15 bucks a week just because i wasn't going to a show and then because once the show started again i'm gonna want to go to every single one so. yeah that's yeah. my that's Time my one yeah, yeah. buy a ticket this week but i'm gonna put it in the jar over here so yep well like and i was there really and i was really hoping for uh I was hoping for another mega cruise. I went on the, the mega cruise, which was absolutely a phenomenal time. And, but now it's like, you know, cruises are, you know, they're slow going. And I don't know if, you know, it'll be, like you said, another few years before there's another one. Yeah. You don't even know if you're going to be able to get off the boat now. Yeah, one person right? gets it, they let you off the boat for three months. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, as long as all the bands See, no, are that's still there. So I know, I know yeah, that, right uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Obviously, playing shows and sharing the stage with all these bands and stuff. I know you probably have some crazy stories. So I I, I don't have any crazy stories. <laughs> I, I honestly don't. I'm the mellow guy. I'm the guy that okay okay sits in the back corner and has my drinks and let okay. other people get crazy. My crazy days are my teenage years, man. No problem, no problem. I was gonna say if the, you have my any... craziest story is, is is probably having um uh. What was my craziest story? This is the Jack and Pepsi. Yeah, that's that's probably you get an argument with the bartender saying I have Coke. Actually, we played Chicago. Was it this year? Or last? No, it was just this year in March. It was the one of the two shows we played. They didn't have Jack Daniels. They had Jim Beam. They didn't have Budweiser. They had this house piss that they said it was like Budweiser. That was the most disappointing fucking thing ever. That's probably the craziest story. So I, I had to go get my own bottle of Jack Daniels and drink out in the parking lot. That was pretty fucking, yeah. That's probably the craziest story I have about shows. Cool. Do, do I have you have to say after following you on Facebook this last year, and I've, you know, I've seen your guitars and your shirts and your posts and everything, and I think you have pretty good taste, except for one thing. What's that, Natanic? <laughs> no, Budweiser. <laughs> oh no, a king of beers. It says it right on the can. It says it right oh, there. That's evidence. King of beers. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. I, can't touch that stuff. I'll drink like <laughs> beer and stuff, but I'll take a Miller Lite over a Bud any day. It's the only beer that that has flavor and doesn't give me the fucking shits the next day. <laughs> like Ice House, Miller, all that shit just wrecks my stomach. Budweiser doesn't. That's the only reason I drink it. Trust me, I'd rather drink Heineken every night. The fucking <laughs> hangovers are just fucking ridiculous. Man. So I just found that happy medium there. It's the only reason I really drink <laughs> the shit. Then it <laughs> goes down like water, which I was always good. Yeah. I'm more into the dark stuff here. Stouts and... Yeah. See, I drink like two of those and I, I felt like I had dinner. I, I can't keep drinking. Yeah. <laughs> after a couple of those, you know? Yeah. I like to have like 15 beers, not three. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, Nothing wrong with that. That's why I drink Budweiser. Yeah, definitely. But uh, yeah, I mentioned your guitars and I'm curious, how many do you have now? Do you know? It's it's in the fifties. Um, it's been a while since I've done an exact count, but uh, yeah, I'm sitting up there in the fifties. Um, uh, and I got a couple more coming still. So um, yeah, probably mid fifties. I'm guessing. 
Oh, I, I'm addicted a, to that's a collection. Guitars. That's, I, a, that's a collection. I, I'd, I'd probably be better off. I'd probably be better off having a drug habit than a, than a guitar <laughs> habit. That's what my wife tells me anyway. It'd be cheaper. But uh, no, I just I, you know I play guitars. I love guitars, and they're they're working pieces of art to me. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, I mean, if it looks beautiful and plays well, I want it. If it looks beautiful and plays like shit, I don't want it. You know. But if it if it's both, then I want it, and I'll find a way to use it either live or an album or a song or something. You know, mm -hmm. I try to play all my guitars to make sure they all get used on something. They're all set up in different you know tunings and stuff like that. So I just don't. I try not to let them sit in the case for too long. If I got one that's been sitting for about two months, I make sure to pull it out and do something with it. And, you know, set it up, play it, jam through it for a couple hours. But yeah, I. I like I said, working pieces are, I mean, if, if I didn't play guitar, I'd probably still collect them because they yeah. just, they, they're beautiful to me. Yeah. That's, if awesome. that's fucking weird. It's weird, but nope. no, no, not at all. Guitars. Not at all. You, <laughs> what, uh, so what, what kind of like, do you have a, a loyalty towards a certain make and model? What, what do you kind of gravitate towards? I'm a, I'm a Jackson guy. Okay. Cause when I, when I was younger, um, I just, when I started playing, in bands and stuff like that, I always had Jackson. So I just got familiar with the next, the feel, the weight and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, most of my guitars are Jackson USA's or Jackson custom shops. Um, I love high-end Fender Strats, Les Pauls, um, but Jackson's my main thing. Probably 90% of my guitars are Jackson's. I like, you know, King V's and, and uh, uh, the Rhodes. Uh, also too, uh, I got, few custom shops uh, called Road Warriors, which is a design that Capital Guitars came up with that uh, exclusive to them. So I've been kind of getting those and, and using those mainly and, and going for punishment and stuff like that. And they're pretty unique because there's only six of them and I have four of them. So the other two are out on the West Coast, this JB guy that keeps trying to get a buy me to buy them from them. Like they're hardtails. I don't like hardtails. So I'm like, Oh, you can keep those two. If they had Floyd's on them, I would have bought them already. But, <laughs> but yeah, Jackson's and B's pointy shit, you know, something I could stab somebody with. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Much like yourself, Chris and I are both huge anthrax fans. Ah, uh, would you mind telling dude, Chris? I keep clicking yeah. on, you, you see that you keep seeing the ad for their new comics thing. Yes. The, the, Dude, I keep clicking on, on the, and, and plus they had, I think it was 15% uh, off today or something. So it was like 50 bucks off the big yep. pack. Cause I, I've almost bought that like three times now with the comic and the <laughs> shirt, the gold record and the, the mad ball and all that shit. I'm like, yep. fuck, I want it. I know. I keep putting it in the cart and taking it out. It's so like, close. I'm going to end up ordering it. <laughs> I'm the yeah. same. Did you guys order anything? I'm the same way. Did you guys um, order? I, I did. I did get, uh, I got one of the, um, I got a new anthrax jersey from that hockey uh the um Buck hockey yep i got the new anthrax jersey i did that today because they had uh 20 percent nice. off today so yep yep so yes I, I, I got a ton of shit from them they got they make great shirts and great hoodies i've got like an anthrax hoodie two cannibal corpse hoodies two overkill hoodies a testament hoodie Campbell Corpse jersey, all kinds of, there you go. All there kinds go. of shit I got off that nice. hockey site, man. Love that site, dude. And it's good quality shit too. Yeah, I, I don't own any of any of theirs yet. And so, again, I've been following them. And sure enough, they sent me an email. I'm like, dude, boom, here's the day. <laughs> yep. So yep. that's cool, man. It takes forever to ship. It takes forever to get it. If you don't have it yet, it'll be a while. But once you get it, it's worth it. And I that, figured out I placed like four or five different orders with those guys. And 
takes forever, but I'm always so happy when I get it. We've awesome. got a ton I, of stickers too. Like, I, like, yeah, I love that store, dude. That's cool. Yeah, I like the uh, the overkill one that's green. Dude, it looks so cool. <laughs> yeah, the reason I brought What's Anthrax. What's the one? Uh, what's that? I was going to say the reason I brought Anthrax up and talking about guitars is um, I know you had mentioned to me about one of your customs, but I think Chris would really enjoy hearing. Uh, was it your Challenger, your green one that was in the shop the same time as Scott's? What? Oh yeah. So yeah, that was pretty cool. So, um, Joe Williams, he's a master builder at Jackson. He's built like the last six, seven of my guitars. And I think he was doing uh Scott Ian's di uh, dime slime, uh, B that's uh, called dime slime. It was, it was in dimes color and all that shit. And I was getting progress photos and like three of the progress photos, it was like sitting side by side of Scott Ian's. And I was like, oh, that's fucking badass. That's man. cool. <laughs> I like me and Scott Ian are boys now, you know, because our guitars are getting built together. And yeah, right. Like, yeah. you know, let's 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 go hang out, Scott. Come on, our guitars are friends. Why can't we be friends? You know, that's <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was cool. So. Yeah, I like. Uh, so do you? Um, I remember one time I, I was I was super excited with one of Scott Ian's first like signature came out. And it had like the kill switch on it. And it also had, but the, the odd thing, like for me, and again, I'm I'm a total noob when it comes to guitars, man. But Scott Ian's signature one has like a wider neck. From my understanding. And it's like, my fingers are tiny. <laughs> like, I'm like, why would someone, well, I don't know. He said, he's had quite a few different iterations. I've had a couple of them. I remember the old, the, the, I think the first ones he had were the JJs, which I think is the one you're talking about. Okay. I never got into those. Those that had the wider neck and those are 24.75 scale. And I'm a big dude, big hands. So I can't play that scale either. And the necks were thick. And then he did the Solace for a while, which is a standard basic Solace 25.5. I had the ATL one, one living one that I cool. recently just sold. And that was cool. That was probably my favorite one me being a b guy and then he started doing the signature b's i'm like yeah this is fucking awesome and then i went and bought one i'm like oh it's short scale hmm. so scott you know he's not like a lot of guitar players where they kind of stay with the same specs with their guitars even if their shape changes a little bit they'll change they'll still have the same neck profile or you know the same scale length like even mick thompson when he came to jackson he kept the same neck profile that from ibanez that so jackson they basically copied Ivan as neck profile and made the thinnest neck they ever made uh, mm. on the Mick Thompson guitars. So, but, but Scott Ian's been kind of all over the place with his, with his models. It seems like he's kind of set with his King V's now because he's, he's been longest with that. But yeah, he's, he, you know, he's been all over the place with the specs for sure. That's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So speaking of anthrax topic, let's have a little <laughs> debate on Belladonna versus Bush. I know we've, Who's Bush? <laughs> oh, oh, the gloves, the gloves are coming off, man. Who's Bush? Me and Chris answer this the same way. If people say, "Which era do you like better?" We just say yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. They change their song. I mean, Sound of White Noise. They, you know, you go from Persistence Time to that. There's more. You know, Metallica did the same thing at the same time. Megadeth did. I get it. Yeah. They all kind of did that. But but after that, it's like the, the songwriting, I thought, had nothing to do with the singer. I think it's just where they were as a band at the time. Sure. But the songwriting just wasn't there anymore. The chemistry in the band just didn't feel seem to be there anymore. The, the, the aggression 
it just seemed to all go away during the Bush era. And then when Belladonna came back, I don't know if, you know, Frank and, and Charlie and, and Scott just started putting more into their songwriting and it was just timing when Joey came back. But I think their songwriting came back tenfold when, when Joey came back into the band. And I, I don't know if it's just all coincidence how it lined up. Don't get me wrong, John Bush is a great singer and all that, but it just wasn't the anthrax that I knew and grew up with. And at the same time, when they got him in, they also kind of changed what they were doing musically. So it's like, yeah, it's not like Metallica making the Black Album. It's still Metallica. It's still the same four fucking guys that did Injustice for All. They're just kind of changing their direction. But then right. Anthrax brings in a new vocalist that sounds nothing like Belladonna. And then their music changes direction at the same time. Hmm. It is kind of probably what burned a lot of the old school fans like me that are stupid like that, you know? <laughs> That's no. when I came into. But no, I don't like the Bush we, era. We get it. We get it. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got into metal about the time that Sound of White Noise came out. That was my introduction to them. And okay. I loved it. It's still one of my favorite albums of all time. And I can sure. agree like I said, that album's, I, that album's pretty good. I like that. You know, High for a Bowl is a good song on there. Black Lodge. You know, there, you know, there's some killer tracks on there. Spitz was still on there. I think that was his last album he did with them. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. got some good work on there too. You know, that might have been a part of it too when, when Spitz left the band. Sure. You know, the, after that album, their music kind of didn't have the same dynamic chemistry either, you know? Yeah, yeah. and I'll agree with you on the albums after Sound White Noise that just did seem to miss something. I enjoy them because yeah. they're stuff still, but right. totally right when Belladonna came back, it's like you breathe new life into the band or something, and you hear right. it with the guys when he came back and just how excited they were to work with him again. and. Yeah, worship music. I mean, that's the sweatshirt I'm wearing right now. Dude, love that awesome. album. Love that album. I, I I wore the shit out of that album the year it came out, dude. Was that uh, was that 13 when it came out? 2013. 2011. I, don't even remember. I think 2011. Was it that long ago? God, man, it, it just sounded so good. I remember when it came out though. I just spun the shit out of it. Yeah. It was like, yes. Where has this been? It's been so <laughs> fucking long since a, a really good and it sound. It was very well produced. The sound production was there. I mean, everything is. Well, Don is just going off on that thing. Yeah, it's a great album. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I'm a fan. I will be. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Good stuff. Right. I'm so looking forward to it. I mean, it's been, you know, it's been a while since even their last one. I mean, we got to have a new one sometime, <laughs> you know? I mean, hopefully. I thought Scott th said they're, I, well, I thought Scott said they were working on something now. That, Pretty that, sure. That's great. I mean, you know, if yeah. something can come out of, you know, like, like you and, and you're, I mean, if something can come out of COVID, it's that you got time to write stuff, you know? Right. So, yeah. Well, it took me the first half of COVID to actually get to that point. I was like, yeah, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. I just kept drinking. I, was like, no, I don't feel like writing any songs today, but now the last, last couple of months, I'm like, okay, this shit's not going away. So, so I'm productive. So, so let me, so let me ask you this. So, I mean, being a musician, <clears throat> And I'm always curious of kind of your process, right? Like, do you come up with, you know, do you just come up, do you have a bunch of riffs that you go to? Do you come up with melody first? Do you, do you come up with lyrics first? Like how in your, like in your world, what is that process like? How do you work with the others and how do you do it? Or... Honestly, I just, I, I just pick up my guitar and just play hundred percent. And then if, I'll play, say, I'll say, I'll play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I'll just play for two hours. And it's like, okay, cool, put it down. But say on that Wednesday, out of that two hours, I find one riff that 
that really kind of grabs me, then I'll start building around that riff. Okay. So I'll play like literally 150 riffs before I find one that kind of sticks out that's different than something I've done before. And then I'll start writing around that riff. So I'll write one, two, three riffs. And then I like to write with a drummer. Mm-hmm. So I'll purposely, it's been a long time since I've actually sat there and laid out and wrote a whole song at home. So after I got a couple riffs down, then I'll bring them into the drummer, like Jordan, who we're jamming with now has been great to work with since Eric left. And I'll be like, all right, dude, I got these riffs. What do you got for a beat for these riffs? And then that'll kind of give me a direction what I want to do with the next riff, or he'll have an idea of what he wants to hear after these couple riffs. So I don't, I, I don't like writing a whole song by myself. I'm in Krog and, and Brian handles most of the songwriting in that. And that's how he likes to do it, which is great. You know, he puts everything on guitar pro, sends it to me. I learn it. And, you know, here's your solo section, write a solo. We're good to go there. But when I'm writing my shit, I like to have just a couple riffs and then bring it to the drummer or the rest of the band and kind of build it, build it from there. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my writing process. Got it. And how about since you're in so many bands and they're, I think all death metal, do you sit down and say, okay, I'm going to write one for glutton for punishment, or do you just write one and say, this feels more like set the scene? That's uh yeah. So, for example, uh, one song I did write, and this is contradictory of what I just said, but I only did this because I had just joined Mastiff, so I wanted to I wanted to bring a whole song to the table when I came in, so we recorded this single when I came in. So I wrote this thing, and, and Al sings in both Blood for Punishment and Mastiff. Uh-huh. I said, dude, what do you think? Do you want, should I use this for Blood or should I use this for Mastiff? <laughs> He's like, well, you're just coming into Mastiff. And I'm like, I kind of wrote it for that, but if you thought it was more glutton, we'd put it to that way. So, so you know, that's how I do it. And I, I'll send some riffs to to Brian and Krog. I'm like, I think this sounds kind of like Krog. Do we want to use this in this band? And he'll say, yay or nay or whatever. And same thing with Glutton. I remember when Tony Garfield was in the band and I wrote some riffs <laughs> and he just gave me some shit about him. And I had Tempestuous going at the same time. And Tony's like, yeah, that sounds way too fucking thrashy. I don't. I don't think it'll fit Glutton. I'm like, okay, cool. So I took it over to Tempestuous. We recorded it, put it on the album. Tony's like, what the fuck, man? You wrote that record. I'm like, dude, you said it was too thrashy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I fucking brought it over here, dude. Yeah. Sorry, man. Yep, yep. So, that, you know, that happens. Do you have any plans to do a thrash project? I really want to, man. I, I've been talking to Vim, who was the other guitar player with me in Tempestuous, and, and he's down to do it with me. The problem is, is that I can find a death metal drummer on a dime. Yeah. up here in the twin cities or the midwest there's just not a lot that want to play thrash it's not that people can't do it or death metal drummers can't do it they just don't want to do it um so that that's probably the biggest hold up i mean you know i can get a bass player and, and uh vocalist but finding somebody that can play really good tight thrash um drums is, is tough up here in the twin cities and you know i don't want to go online to just you know, find a drummer that send them tracks, record, do an album, meet up a couple times a year to, to jam and do some shows or whatever. I mean, I like doing the organic thing where you get together together for uh, band practice, you know, yep. once a week or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been tough. I, I put the word out, but I'm not getting any hits on a drummer up here. Got it. Well, Are there a lot of thrash bands in the twin cities. I mean, I know there's new, there, there's a couple They're They're pretty scarce. You know, you got uh, rad enhancer, uh, they're pretty good uh, thrash band. Um, Agni Reigns is, is death thrasheth, thrash-ish. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's, there's not, a, not a lot of thrash bands up here. 
hex vortices. Like they're pretty hex vortices. Yeah, they're they're thrash. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, they're on my label. I can't believe I didn't bring them up. Dumbass, Rob. <laughs> Mortificator, but they're they're look they're in the same boat. They're looking for a drummer. Right. Um, so yeah, there's there's not a lot of thrash bands up here. So there's a hole that needs to be filled. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's fill that. Let's Solace fill that hole. Murder was a great thrash band that was up here. They broke up. They're not getting back together. But uh, yeah, there, there's a hole that needs to be filled. But we need the drummer to fill that hole. Yeah. So is that the metal scene up there? Is it mostly death metal? <laughs> um. And is that mostly because of you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It, there's quite a few different fractions of, of metal up here. Thrash just doesn't have a big thing, but you know, there's a lot of new, new metal up here. There's uh, industrial metal up here. There's, there's some uh, black metal up here. Um, it, there's, there's, there's quite a bit. Um, anything you're looking for besides probably thrash you can find here. Yeah. Like so. on Facebook, I follow a lot of bands and I've, seen so many names out there but i just like i was saying before there's so much material out there it's hard to yeah get it. i see all these things like gotta make a mental note to go check it out and then i always forget until i see their post again like shit gotta listen to that yep. <laughs> so, yeah yeah so logos and names i just gotta take a day to just go through it all i remember right. uh i remember when i was looking for a drummer like you know i had the whole thing like flyers at you know root cellar right i mean i had flyers up everywhere you know looking for like a thrashy kind of power groove metal thing, right? Obviously, I was mm -hmm. super into like metal, or, uh, Pantera and, and those type of things. And um, I remember, you know, a few of the people that like uh, gave me a call and stuff. One one guy, he uh, he didn't live too far away from me. And I, like, I loaded up one of my combo amps in my car. I drove over there and I'm like, well, let's just go through some Metallica riffs or something, right? And it was like, the entire thing it was like all he could play was like smell smells like teen spirit like i was like what <laughs> anyway right <laughs> that's not good <laughs> oh shit just so did you play up here in the scene then no never never seriously no, no in, in my basement <laughs> okay i mean all i right. again I've, I've tried but yeah nope I'm mean, going to say, now that my kids are all old and gone, maybe I could get back doing it, but. Right. Right on. Yeah, that's what I've been doing the last eight months, being home during all this stuff. That's yeah, and you're, you're a great. I was going to say, Jim, you're a great accountability partner when you text me. Well, have you picked <laughs> up your guitar today? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep, I'm getting probably three or four hours in a week, and that's the last eight months I've played more than I have the entire time I've been playing for 23 years. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Getting yeah. better. And I just do it. It's fun, and I like to play along with songs and learn things, and you know, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself good or anything, but you know, it makes me happy, so I enjoy it. That's awesome. That's all. That's that. That's what it's for, man. And regardless of what anybody uses the instrument for, I mean, it's an expression piece. Yep. Regardless if you use it just to play at home or play by yourself or learn or challenge yourself, or if you want to do it in front of people, and it doesn't matter, man. I mean, it's an it's it's, it's an expression piece. That's a beautiful thing about instruments and music. Yeah, I talked to my wife a couple of days ago and said, you know, I'm playing a lot now. I'm thinking I've earned a at least a discussion to have a new guitar in the house. It's that time of year too, isn't it? 
I think so. <laughs> yeah. And, but, oh, so I'm going to pick your brain at some point, Rob, and see if you can help me pick out a good one. Sure. But I'm keeping my eye on Guitar Center, too, with their announcing they're going bankrupt. Them. Yeah. Like, uh, like sales or something. They're not going anywhere. All the bankruptcy does is that relieves their debt and they get new loans. They're not going anywhere. I figured you're going to buy all their stock. No, no. I, I, yeah. I shop there for accessories. That's it. Yeah. Capital Guitars, that's where you need to buy your next guitar. Okay. St. Right. Paul. Yep. I've... Tell, tell, me you want the, tell, you, tell me you want the Rob discount. I guarantee you'll get at least 15% off. There you go. All right. <laughs> I think I'll I went to a... I think I went to Capital Guitar. I went to I went there for a uh, um, for a guitar clinic with when uh, Alexa when Alexi was in town from Children Bodum. Yeah, and he did a, a clinic, and it was freaking awesome. Yeah, he used my head for that. Oh, really? JVM. Oh. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. That's the uh, I don't know if you see it back there, but that's the head he was playing through at the clinic. That's awesome. Wherever it is, dude. It's yeah. a sm small world, man. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever been to Dave's Guitars down in La Crosse? I have not. Uh, Will's told me a lot about that. Will Morales. Uh, <laughs> he's from La Crosse, so he's told me a lot about it. He's a uh, he had a couple of... What's that? Is he a drummer? Uh, no, he plays guitar in Cough and Rot. He did guitar in We Are Legion. He owns 1459 Studios. Okay. Records about 70% of the bands up here. Okay. But he's from down in that area. and um, He was trying to get me to go down there couple of years ago because i had a couple usa jacksons down there you wanted me to check out mm -hmm. but uh, I've, I've heard about the place and never been there that's amazing it's you know they got yeah it's right here yeah their main floor is you know their sale guitars and then you go upstairs for his private collection and it's crazy i only buy nice. six <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right on yeah he'll have to come down for sure there's a there's some venue that was doing a ton of shows down there too. A lot of Minnesota bands are traveling down there to what what venue is that down there? Warehouse. Okay. Yep, because they had uh the end of March they were supposed to have uh, I think it was Lacrosse Metal Fest and I know Mall from Moorhead was coming down. Yep. Queens, um a few bands from town and yeah. So and that's a really cool place. I mean it's up three flights of stairs, so you're gonna work to get up there with all your stuff and <laughs> right really cool place and great owner yeah it's, cool. uh, it's alcohol free it's all ages i mean it's geared towards a safe place for kids to go and it's just right on. an awesome place so, i mean there's tons usually of pretty good turnouts huh i've seen uh, i think the first time agony rains was there they said one person showed up but <laughs> oh, they brutal. There for a halloween show and there was a pretty good crowd and i know it can get I don't know, sold out numbers or, but yeah, definitely can draw a big crowd there. And there's a lot of room and uh, it's, I'm the old guy there. I feel like so <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, there's just a pretty good hardcore scene down here. So it's cool to have a place like that. They can all go and hang out. Cool. cool. It's awesome. So what, uh, so Rob, what, you know, of, of some of the newer acts or some of the new releases that are out today, or what are some of the things that, that, you know, you'd be listening to, or that you think are going to be up and coming acts that, you know, Hey, you should check these guys out. Well, that's hard to say. Um, I, I don't know anybody that's new. Sure. Well, 
<laughs> that's fine. I mean, no, I guess, really. That's... Yeah. Uh, no worries. Again, I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I mean, yeah. So, I mean, no. any, any new releases from, from any old schoolers that, that you think is, is pretty badass? Yeah, the new the new Incinerate is okay. is uh, probably up there. Um, the new Unmerciful, of course, the new Gorgatron. Those are probably the three um, that I've been spending the most of kind of the mid-tier that aren't, you know, super up there, but they're not completely underground that I've been listening to a lot. It's very fucking, and they're, they're completely different albums, but still in the same, you know, death metal, but they each bring something different. Um, those are probably the three that I've been spending the most as, as far as that. Um, really digging the the new Six Feet Under as much as everybody else hates it. I actually, I think it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's a relaxing, jokey album to me and everybody, you know, they just want to hate on it. But I, I, I put it in, I'm like, oh, there's some good risks. It's kind of funny. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that, that's probably where I'm at as far as newer stuff or stuff that came out this year that I'm really, really digging. Cool. Very cool. I know I've, um, Gorgatron was the last band I saw live before the shutdown. Some in Mankato in March and like I was saying before, I see a lot of names and things I need to check out. And what I have heard of the new Gorgatron has been awesome. I need to listen to it more. Dude, yeah, they do. And they got Neil back on guitar. Um, he wasn't on their last album. Their last album was pretty good, but he, he really adds a, a completely different um, texture to it with the soloing and, and his presence on guitar. I mean, he's a phenomenal guitar player. So I really think they're they're really up their game on their, their last one. The same thing with the Incinerate. It was uh, Jared Deaver's first album with Incinerate, and he brought a whole new flavor with the songwriting and, and the soloing on it. And and so I, I just really think those are the top three albums for me of kind of the mid-tier, you know, not completely underground, but not completely on top, you know. And, and that's what I try to listen to is, is you know, the shit like that. And it's, it's really up my alley of, of what I like. What's this here? Yeah, here's a new incinerate. Buy that. Let's get that. Cool. That's good. Yep, I just added it to my notes. Badass. There you go. Then I'm assuming you're looking forward to the new Megadeth. You've been talking a lot about them lately. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of Megadeth lately, too. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's every, all those bands, you know, Megadeth and Metallica and, and Slayer and Testament. Well, not Slayer anymore, but. Oh, the next ones are so brutal. Oh, we'll see when it's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There's no question about that. I think David Stain is my personal favorite songwriter musically. You know, the way he structures stuff and stuff like that. So I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure. Cool. So we'll see we'll see when they get that done. And it's it's the first one where a Dirk's gonna be in the studio with them. So I'm curious yep. to see what the drums will be like. When uh yeah. I think I've mentioned this um uh, on a previous episode that when we were able to, uh, to have Q and a with them on, uh, on the mega cruise where like somebody asked, are we, are we going to hear some blast beats on the next Megadeth record? And you could see the smile on his face. He's like, we'll see, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm curious to it's, see if, if he can slide some in there. Right. It'd be like a 10th, you know, one, one blast and then yeah. whole album and then they'll promote it. It's ah, oh, you know, I got blast beats all over it. That's what <laughs> David right. Stan will do to try to sell albums. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to his plan on it for sure, man. That'd be awesome. Uh, he was great in soil work, power mad, and, and now this. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. Very so cool. You said Dave Mustaine's your favorite songwriters. And as far as 
how he plays. Like, he was never, like, trained or anything. He just, if I remember reading his book, he just picked up a guitar one day and just started playing. Yeah. It's just, you know, same thing with, you know, Eddie Van Halen. I mean, some people just have a way of, of that they have a relationship with the instrument and they know how to make a sound and it just resonates with millions of people, you know? And I think, you know, I'm not putting Dave on Eddie's level, but there, there's mm-hmm. people that just have that and that's why they're successful for as long as they are and are able to do what they do without the formal training, <clears throat> yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, Remember, Steve, Steve I is very formally trained, but oh, yeah. in my opinion, as a songwriter, he's not anywhere near Eddie Van Halen or Dave Mustaine. Sure. Sure. And it hasn't sold the records they have either. Yeah. yeah. So is there, is there a, is there a Megadeth tune or like something that Dave wrote that, you know, a couple of call out tracks that are some of your favorite? Um, they always rotate. Yeah. <laughs> Which, right? You know, depending on what I'm feeling. Cause yep. You know, he's all over he's all over the map with what he does. I mean, the catalog is, is expansive. Um, Kick the Chair is probably one of my favorite ah, songs. Off Sister Yep. Uh Scorpion. Um, oh, it's so great. You know, yep. Yeah. It, that whole album is so underrated. Nobody ever talks about that album. It's fucking Washington is next. Dude, I um, actually in, in one of the episodes I said that System Has Failed was the best metal album of the year that that came out. Yeah. That's in my opinion. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yep. Dude, I, I love that album. So underrated. I, I, I think, you know, Chris Poland does a couple of songs on it. I yep. think it got short shafted because I think there wasn't a lot of label support because metal wasn't back on the incline yet or ascending again. Um, sure. And Ellison Jr. wasn't on that one. I think that's the first one Jr. wasn't on after they had their split. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole Endgame album, Dystopia, I mean, they're still pumping out, you know, quality shit. Dystopia I was completely impressed with. Um, yeah, I got a text out of the blue one day from Chris and it said, the system has failed as the best Megadeth album. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue. <laughs> yeah. I can't argue. As long as they're not saying funny. super collider or, or risk. We're good. <laughs> yep. Too funny. Yeah, you know, I yeah. agree. That's kind of the album that got me into Megadeth. I <laughs> heard a lot of their stuff previous, but yeah, bought that one and listened to it at work all the time. And now I'm still listening to it. It's yeah, that's, Got a lot of good stuff. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, is their progression I thought was awesome because you know, "Killing My Business" is just so raw, and the, and the riffs were just there's nothing else like it at the time. Peace Cells is a little more refined, heavy, but he still had some of the crazier shit in there. Um, so far, so good. What they started getting more of a real label support and push, and a better producer, so the the, the mixes were coming together better. The songwriting was getting a little better, and then you know, Rust and Peace, obviously, their pinnacle. Yeah. Um, and then they got a little more commercial because they had label support, but still the songwriting itself on, on Countdown to Extinction and Euthanasia were still, to me, fucking impeccable. You know, there were, there were songs that had a feeling and flow and, and to them. So yeah, I, I favorite band of all time, for sure. Yeah. Cool. For me. I'd just say my favorite song is Wake Up Dead by them. There's just so many good yeah. oh. <laughs> You can't go wrong with any of them. Great. You can't go wrong. Great riff. Yeah, that's great. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Well, I wanted to bring up something because now you are the second guest we've had that has a shirt with one of my pictures on it. What? <laughs> what? So Chris knows the first one because the Conan from Ex Mortis, we talked about that when he was a guest on the show that I think I sent you that shirt or that picture of that yesterday. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then the other one, I don't know if Chris has seen The holiday shirt. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so on. 
Facebook, there's always uh, Rob and another guy named Natanic always going back and forth and some other people in there. And if I see something I can add, I'll throw it in there. And uh, you had posted a picture a couple of weeks ago of like, hey, I got the Christmas tree up, but on the TV, there's <laughs> going on. <laughs> so I said, I wonder who Natanic is going to put faces on or whose faces he's going to put on there. So then Natanic photoshopped something, sent it, and then I refined it and put a picture of Natanic in there from when he was like 12 or something. It's one of my favorite pictures of all time. Just <laughs> this goofy little metal kid. And then <laughs> yesterday I see it on a shirt that Rob's wearing. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. So, pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, me, him, and Jesse, we like, you know, we like having fun bagging on each other. It's all in good fun. You, yeah. you need the people that you can do that with. And, and we all take it in stride and, so I had this, it started out because when, when Jesse and I played Las Vegas death fest last year, he got, he, I passed out early one night. So he snapped a selfie with me, passed out. And then I did to him the next night when he passed out before me and then ended up putting that on a sweatshirt. <laughs> well, Nitanic saying that, and he had a picture that he made of me and Jesse, but he was carrying me and Jesse as babies or whatever, you know, like he was taking care of us. I'm like, well, fuck this dude. <laughs> so I took the Christmas one <laughs> that you made. I'm, like, I'm putting that on a fucking shirt. Yeah. So it's fun. It's it's kind of a stupid inside joke thing just for fun and people are getting laughs and seem to enjoy it. So what the hell, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun. Thanks for the pick, by the way. <laughs> no problem. That was perfect. That's yeah, awesome. That's it's another one of my hobbies yeah. this year. There you go. <laughs> so I was wondering if maybe you wanted to take some cheap shots at Natanic and then we can get him on here to respond. Oh, time. there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do that to him, you know. I just, I can't. No, that's, that's all right. It's all good. He wouldn't be able to respond. He just, you know, you got to be nice to, to to people like him. He's just can't yeah, take care of himself, you know. I didn't mean it in a like a mean way. Just more of a audio version of what you guys do on Facebook. <laughs> no, I know. I wish I was. I was. I wish I was prepared for that question. So that's something pretty good. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> We can edit something in. <laughs> no, no, we're good. Uh, yeah, Are you guys going to have him on? When's he coming on? Uh, I mentioned it to him a while ago, but yeah, I'd like to have him on sometime. Right on. I'm just going to say we've met once face-to-face at the uh, Ex Mortis Venom Inc. show. We talked to him okay. four or five minutes. And, and then, uh, yeah, so otherwise it's just like a, we have just on Facebook, but he seems like a cool dude. I'd like to have him on. Yeah. Yeah, I've only met him once myself too. Like we were talking shit at each other on Facebook <laughs> way before we met. And I think we met just a year ago when we were up at the last Slayer show or on their last leg or whatever up in Fargo there. Sure. And we drove up there, met at his house, had some beers, went to the bar. He went two shots of whiskey because um, he's a wuss. And then uh, <laughs> went to the show. And yeah, that's the only time. Then, then he was down here in the city for like three months. But during the first lockdown, he won't leave the fucking house more. I'm like, dude, you're five minutes away. Whatever. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he's good shit. He, he likes to have fun. Cool. Sure. That's awesome. Well, I want to, uh, we're going we're gonna to start wrapping up here. I can't believe we've been talking for almost an hour already. <laughs> it's awesome. Super fun. Um, I want to actually, so where can, so Rob, so if people want to know more about, you know, your bands that you're in, like, where's a good place they can go? How can they get in touch with you? How can they find more about you and the bands? Um, best thing to do is um, uh, 
people that are on Facebook, uh, look up Twin Tone Tie-In Records. Okay. It's a record label, underground record label that I own and run. Uh, it's got, you know, all the bands links that are associated with the label included, you know, including the bands that I'm uh, associated with as well. So check out Twin Tone Tyrant Records on uh, Facebook, and that's probably get the most wealth of information. Perfect. Yep. And we'll put a Very link cool. in the show notes. That's awesome. Um, awesome. Cool. Yeah. We, uh, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining us again. It's super fun to talk to you and, you know, we'll have you on again sometime and hopefully once we have live music again, we'll be able to hang out right. in person. I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a drink and we can, uh, we can, we can jam out. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks guys. Have a good night. Yeah. Thanks for being on Rob. Appreciate thank it. You. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. All right.